0: the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and on steel. How many centers are too many centers trick question. You can never have too many center capable people. I I I think the Steelers proved that last season. You can never have too many capable centers. James Daniels played a little bit of center in his past. Mason Cole has been a center in his past. We all know Kendrick was tried out at center last year and still potentially has a future at center. That was three right in your holster heading into 2022 right there. They got a fourth one officially just recently as J.C. Hassenauer has signed a one-year tender with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you recall, J.C. Hassenauer, and it's an exclusive rights tender as well. That's an important caveat to add on there. If you remember, Hassenauer. So you, Hasan Air, you, it's the best dealer as far as so Pittsburgh name, names go. Yeah, it's the it's best dealer that we have. Uh, Air, <laughs> as you recall, usurped Kendrick Green in the starting lineup he at did. one point later in the season, and it's not exactly like Hassan Air was playing. I'm gonna stop after that. one. <laughs> okay, it's okay. not exactly like he was playing at some world-beating level, right? He was just very solid, and that's that's what the bar was. Is like we need somebody that can just snap this
1: freaking football. And it was, I think, Kendrick Green really. No, disappoint is a little too harsh of a term to use, but he just didn't meet the expectations that were set for him.
0: No, and maybe the expectations were a little too high. Were a little too high, and
1: that's why I don't want to be too harsh by saying he disappointed because all the narratives about filling in for being the next Marquise Pouncey and everything that follows with that expectations were too high, and so I think he was bound to not meet those.
0: Yeah, again, we've talked in the show at length about how unfair it can be to put some expectations on young players and then, in hindsight, go back and criticize them for not meeting those expectations that really you set unrealistically at the beginning. And, yeah, Kendrick Green falls in that category as well. Uh, J. Seventeen games in the 2021 regular season, he started three of them, including the final two of the season and started at the AFC wildcard game in the center spot Uh He also spent four weeks of the year on reserve slash the injured list. So, you know, Hasenauer, again, he's not a guy that I think if he's your starting center come opening day this season, something went horribly, horribly wrong. Because right right now he's probably tracking, if things go right, as your number three guy, assuming Daniels is your starting guard, so he's not going to be toying around playing Assuming center. either Green or, or Daniels, Daniels is the, starting, the guard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then whichever one loses the guard spot is both guard center backup spot. But ahead of Hasenauer on the net chart. Probably. Right? I, I think that's what you'd hope would happen. Hasenauer can obviously play inside on the guard spot too. So it's, it's just more depth on the interior of that offensive line. And that's exactly what Colbert said that his biggest regret was. Now – it's not exactly like Hasner was the veteran because he said, oh, I wish I had gotten at least one more veteran on the offensive line. But he's been around the block. He's familiar with your team. He started in your most recent game, which was a playoff game, at the center spot. So, just a guy who's very familiar with the team, familiar with the offense in a depth role. It's... I feel like the roster is starting to look more complete than it did last year. I'm not saying that it's going to necessarily be better or it's going to translate to more wins. I mean... Uh, the biggest unknown is, of course, number seven's not there anymore. But it You're just, saying it's it more just seems to me like there's more depth there. Like yeah. the inside linebacking room actually looks like a complete unit. I got four guys there I can point to with Jack, Bush, uh, Spillane, and. Buddy Johnson as guys mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, they're gonna play. You know, they're filling they're in the process of filling out the cornerback and, and safety rooms as well. They they need to get a starting safety still. Right. Once that falls into place, though, all of that seems to be a pretty solid room. Um defensive line, I think we all assume they're gonna draft somebody on the defensive line to help fill out that room. Need somebody on the wide receiver right. But like so there is still some things left to do, but I'm confident that they're A going to do it and B. <laughs> The biggest weaknesses last year were the inside linebacking depth and the offensive line depth was just abysmal. Both of those are being really overhauled this season, mm-hmm. and that's encouraging to see. And offensive line, no exception. I mean, like we said, you you run now four deep, one guys that can snap the ball. I mean, that's a that's a huge asset to have in your back pocket, and you have a lot of guys now that can provide some stability if uh, James Daniels goes down for an extended period of time, just boop, pop Passenhauer in there, and he's pretty familiar with how to play in this system. So I, I like these moves, and they're not sexy, they're not flashy, mm. but they're the right ones, no question. Last
1: year, the Steelers entered the off season or entered the regular season kind of with five de facto starters. You didn't really have five guys you wanted to start, and then you had backup pieces. Now the Steelers actually have seven guys at the bare minimum who you can point to and say, this guy is starting capable. It's just, what is the best option for the Steelers? Last year, people kind of assumed that the best option was only one combination of the guys when at their healthiest, when at their most available. And even then, Tom, we saw that that combination of that starting five did not work out. Now you Retention of half an hour, you now have seven members of your offensive line who you could start any given week and, and say that combination of those seven guys you would feel comfortable going out on an NFL game day with.
0: Now it's interesting, ESPN.com, their depth chart for the Steelers, which is uh, just a guess. There's nothing officially right. depth charty of until training camp actually happens. Until the Steelers re- yeah, release yeah the That's themselves. around a week or two into training camp before the preseason game. They'll release mm-hmm. the first depth chart. James Daniels, Mason Cole, and Kevin Dotson—that's your interior. They have Kendrick Green listed as Daniels' backup at the guard spot, so he'd be the first guard off the bench mm-hmm. on the left or the right side. And Hassanauer is Cole's backup at the center spot, which I think, just for depth chart purposes, you put it that way. But I think You're Green, it, I think Green would slide in there if Hassanauer were mm-hmm. to go down, or uh, uh, excuse me, if Mason Cole right. were to go. They have Kendrick Green slit sliding in right behind Hassenhauer at that third-string center spot. I think I'd flip those two. I think if, if Green loses the job to Daniels at the guard spot and Cole at the center spot— it doesn't mean
1: he loses his spot at the depth chart to
0: Well, I just think Hasenhower. that it's not a matter of, oh, the guard went down, so he's next man up. And if Cole goes down, it's Hassenhauer. I, I think Green,
1: well, as long as filling. not there's not
0: two injuries— Will we'll fill keep... in no matter what the yeah. left, the right, or the center spot. He'll be the first man off the bench, I agree. sixth man, if you will, in right. NBA. and terms. I think the seventh guy would be hour. for the interior for
1: sure. Right, I'm saying as you said, if if there's one injury, you can just slide in Green there. But if both guys, if if Daniels and Cole both go down. Green would be the first to slide in, and then you would put in Hasenhauer.
0: Hasenhauer is a guy. I mean, you still have Luke Glue, too, so who knows. what? But those two guys, if the team is fully healthy and playing to their potential, one of those two guys, they're a guy that you could see Bob Labriola read off of as a scratch during the Steelers pregame show. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they might just not get a helmet because they— is Sometimes you gotta watch from the press box when your team is clicking at the rate it should be, and everybody in front of you is fully healthy, and that's a good thing. It's not a to have players that aren't. And again, we're talking Hassenauer up too much, but to have players that aren't just absolutely tragic in your press box, it's a good problem. Like the, you can pull on a guy that's in street clothes and he's still solid and he's engaged throughout the year. And I think Hassenauer proved he was not playing. Uh, You know, starting role until the last two weeks of the season. But when he got in there, he took his opportunity in stride and he was ready to go.
1: Say the Steelers catch the injury bug on the offensive line next year, which is
0: possible. And both Daniels
1: and Cole go down. Okay. So you're left with. Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Kendra Green, JC Hassenauer, and Shooks as your starting five. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Great. Not great. I mean, it's Better ex- than it's... last
0: year if that doomsday scenario would have played out, which well, yeah. it kind of did with Green going out and then LaGlue becomes a de facto Dotson, starter. Dotson yeah, Dotson Dotson's down. gone for the remainder of a season. So better would be my answer, but still not great. But then again, how could you ever feel great when you have that much injury, bad luck? Like, sure. It's, it's, it's not like teams have world beaters on their bench that can just. Slide in, and you know it's not Alabama, you know where mm-hmm. it's a five star replacing another five star. There's a drop off. What here. do you? Th-
1: how significant of a drop off is it? Do you think from that starting
0: five of Daniels and Cole? Um, to, hopefully, to green and, and... hopefully where it's the minimum drop off is in the run blocking, because then if that's the case, you worry, can make just just, it. just run with Najee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like well, we got an inferior offensive line, more so than we usually do, because they might they might not be that the top tier offensive line now this year anyway. I think. The goal is for this unit to kind of develop Start into that yeah. in the next couple of years and become a top 10 unit, but it's not going to be there yet. So, if you have that bad injury luck and you have to plug in a lot of guys, just I hope that the run blocking is the one that doesn't drop off too severely because they'll be able to get the ball out of Mitch's hands quickly. Mitch can run too, so he's going to be able to, you know, bootleg and get out of trouble. But just, you know, game plan being, we've got a banged up offensive line, mm-hmm. but. We know from training camp, all of our dudes, all nine of our dudes that we have on this roster at this spot, uh, can maul. You know, they they like to, you know, spit. A little bit like look like a dog with rabies yeah. out there, and just get off the ball and push some bodies. That's the kind of identity that they want to have in this offensive line. Last year was a big talking point. You need to get meaner. That's Kendrick Green. One of the biggest positives from his pick was that guy. This guy's a mean son of a gun. Like he is just a mean player, and you mm-hmm. needed to get that edge back in the offensive line. So, to answer your question, yes, there would be a drop off naturally. I think the pass blocking might take a little bit more of a step back, especially from you know freaks up the middle. Like you're not going to play him this year, but if an AD type player, you know, goes going up against your third string center and your second string guard, uh, yeah, things will get a little sticky there. But I think that they'll be able to hold their own more so than last year, so it won't be as devastating. I think. And again, that just kind of ties back into the responsibility mm-hmm. and the roster building of adding all this depth at these places. And that seems to be the Steelers' M.O. this offseason. As you said, maybe not the
1: sexiest pick, although there was some flash with the Jack, was the Miles Jack sexy, thing. Jack was super sexy,
0: but kind of unexpected, I think. Right. And then Mitch was just a quarterback, so that's always going to get a little buzz. Of course. Especially because he was early. Hard to think, but he was early in the quarterback cycle when Mitch was gone. I believe the only thing that happened before him was Rodgers and Wilson, correct? And then, I don't even—I think so. It, it, not, might not, it might have just been Rogers.
1: It might have been right before both
0: of them. Maybe, but it, it, because if, I think
1: Rogers and Wilson was like 24 They were right hours around. Yeah, Wilson yeah. stole
0: his thunder. But right. if, if anything, it happened. But the, as far as the free agents crops, was it concerned, happened Mitch, right Mitch was the other. first free agent that left the board. Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But
1: getting back to what the Steelers have been doing this offseason in general, it, it just makes so much sense to make this move, right? It adds up entirely with what. The plan has been, which is keep the keep the team intact, right? Keep yourself in the best position for when you have Mitch Trubisky. Best case scenario, he leads you to a playoff uh, uh, appearance. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, I mean, he's going to lose you some games, but you get a better draft pick. You're not gonna you're not gonna be so upset about it because it's not like you're it's not like you were going with Mitch Trubisky. And now you have Ben Roethlisberger. It's the opposite. You had this guy for. 18 years and now you're bringing in a filler guy. So worst case scenario, I think is a great point by you, Tom, is that you just help yourself in the draft and now there are going to be Steelers fans out there saying why not just even, why even bring in Mitch Trubisky? Why not just punt on these couple seasons entirely until you have your guy? But that's just not the Steelers way. And so this half an hour thing is the Steelers way. You just keep building up those pieces. And when I say build up, I'm not saying rebuild. I'm just saying for mid of Sorry, fermentify yourself. Is that a word, fermentify?
0: It is now, buddy. It is now. Good work. F- Idi- is it fortify,
1: fermentify? Just keep swimming, something. you
0: idiot. Keep
1: yourself stable. That's just what they want to do, and that's what this hour piece implies.
0: Now, we've talked now about how great the depth is on the line, but that's really only on the interior. Are you worried at all about the tackle spot? You've got more, and you've got Chooks as your starters. That's pretty nailed on. I don't think that's going to change. I mean, you just gave a big contract to Chooks, and more turned heads his rookie season. So you have to give him that benefit of the doubt that he's going to grow again in his sophomore season and be even better. But then your two backups are listed as Chaz Green and Joe Hag. And Heg doesn't bother. Hague doesn't bother me that much, but I think you need at least one more guy in that mm-hmm. room. You, you need five tackles on your team. So, especially all... if you're going to go jumbo this year and you mm-hmm. want to put Hague out there as like a sixth guy to be that extra tackle, tight end eligible, the, the old Zach Banner special, you know. So,
1: for the majority of the offseason, people had doing mock drafts from the Steelers' perspective have been when they attack or when they go
0: for the line. When they go
1: for the line, they go.
0: Inside center guard, do you think now that switches? Yeah, but the thing that would be interesting is like we took a center in our last mock draft that we did. It was Linderbaum because right. he, he dropped to us, and that's just you a, need that. if that happens, you got to take. Like, but if you're gonna go tackle, it kind of becomes like a third or fourth round thing, right? Because the guy's not gonna start. Mm-hmm. You have your two starters. He's probably not even gonna be the third guy on your depth chart there because of Hag. So like you're picking someone to be fourth. And you need someone to be fourth. Right. But I, I don't know if you need to, you know, say, oh, we're picking at 20 and the guys we liked are off the board, but, hey, this tackle's there. Maybe we take a swing in the, at this tackle. Then you could create kind of a log jam at that position, and then all of a sudden you've got too many cooks in a kitchen that you already kind of had full. So you don't want to do that, I think, on the first round. But I think a tackle later is definitely on the board. And now, you know, with the signing of hour, if – Linderbaum isn't there or some stud isn't following there at number 20, I don't know if they do draft interior in this draft at all. I think the one lineman that they should take, because that's the due diligence you should do every year, as our good friend Dale Olley always says, you should take at least one offensive lineman. I think that one would be on the tackle spot now, no matter where it is, right. but it just seems that was naturally where it would fit in. Unless, like, our mock draft. Right, unless the next Creed Humphrey falls to you.
1: Right, unless it's Linderbaum who follows to 20,
0: which there is, like, people are saying, like, that It could happen. Yeah, and, like, I've seen... But it's it's funny. Like, it's not the necessary, like, wow, Linderbaum's really underperforming, he could fall in the draft. It's people being like, I'm seeing mock drafts where Linderbaum is falling, and I am absolutely perplexed by it. Because, like, people who know this stuff are saying, like, this guy's going to be a stud, and maybe his poor testing numbers are going to cause his draft stock to go down, but everybody who knows anything is like that shouldn't be the case. But yet somehow mock drafts are pushing them down. So I, you can live in hope, I guess, Steelers fans. But yeah, unless that dream scenario happens, you're not going to take someone on the inside in the first round. Probably not going to be worth it. Too many more positions of needs now that you've filled out this spot. I think tackle's the spot you go with with your one offensive lineman. Unless the super And you don't and you, you don't go for it early. And you don't need to. There's no need There's to no need because to. you don't need that starter. If Linderbaum's there, I mean, he's starting at center day one, most right. likely, unless something terrible would have happen. But... And then what do you do with that Hassenhauer contract? It's kind of weird. It's, it's still kind of you good, got I mean, one year tender, so yeah, it's not that big so. of a deal. But the, the other thing about Hassenhauer, before we move on real quick, he fits the MO. You were kind of saying this earlier, but you left out one key thing his age. He's only 27. Right. right. It keeps falling in track with this. We're not going to bring in somebody. That's old. We're not going to bring in somebody that might be on his last legs in the NFL. We're going to bring them on the though. right side of thirty. Exactly. I'm yeah, saying it's yeah, follows that's I'm it follows the track record. In fact, he's one of the more elder statesmen of their side. Which is ridiculous. 27 he's 27. Old. Right. So it's more following in line with this track record with this line of thinking that we want to bring guys back. We want to sign guys in here who have a couple of years left before they hit that wrong side of 30. And I think that that's a great strategy when you're in a rebuild. Because we don't like to say that, but you're kind of seeing the rebuild happen proactively and without completely going into the tank. You're bringing in good guys that, hey, maybe they're not good when they're age 26, 27, 25, but hey, when they're 29, 28, and 27, oh man, they might just really come into their right? own. Like Miles Jack could be a first team All Pro by the time he turns 28. Like you just don't, you just don't know how these guys are going to develop when they get into what could be their prime of their NFL career. Mm-hmm. So. Having a lot of runway, as far as age is concerned, has big, been a big thing with the Steelers this offseason in free agency. And you bring in that that rookie offensive lineman to help, that guy's going to be here
1: for a while. He's going to obviously, if he's going to be the tackle, he's going to learn, he's going to spend some time on the bench to learn behind Chooks and Dan Moore specifically. I think right. Dan Moore's going to be here for a lot longer than Chooks would We will hope be. so. Right, you would hope so. But... Yeah, I mean, maybe by the time he's ready to start some games, he's approaching 24, 25, he gets two years under his belt. And then by the time maybe you have your next quarterback, this guy is your your, your next right starting tackle opposite of,
0: of Dan Moore on the left side. The last thing I want to talk about this episode. There's been a lot of rumblings out there that the Honey Badger and the Steelers being linked together has a little bit more legs than maybe some of us thought initially. What? Doesn't that not follow the track record sure. that we just laid out for this off season? Honey Badger's what, like 31, 32 years old. I mean, he's definitely getting up there. He's had some injury problems. He is on the wrong side of his of, of age 30. He is turning thirty in a month. Wow, I was completely wrong with him, but he's getting on, up there as far. That's an old thirty, man. Like Matthews, he's been around, around for a while. I mean, he
1: came into the league in twenty thirteen. So maybe that's it why it feels like a long time.
0: Maybe it isn't that far fetched as far as an age thing is concerned, but it would be on the upper end of it. I mean, Hassanauer was twenty seven, and we just said he was pretty much the most senior statesman that they brought <laughs> in here, in this or or brought back in. In this free agency period. So that would be a pretty significant jump up as far as their MO is concerned. And Matthew kind of seems like the kind of player that you get to put you over the top or if you were really close. Like, Honey Badger would have been a good signing if this were to happen, say, two years ago when Ben was still around Mm. and you were, even if it wasn't necessarily reality, you worked trying to win. You were trying to keep mm-hmm. the window open. You were trying to get playoff wins under your belt. I remember when this guy used to be, when Matthew used to be on the
1: Cardinals and Patrick Peterson and the Arizona Cardinals were in a, not a dispute, but it was a contract year for him and AB was doing his AB thing and posting on Twitter saying, come to Pittsburgh, come, we'd love to have you. And it didn't happen, but yeah, it's exactly it's exact. That's when you exactly tip a shot on point. a 30-year-old yeah. like that. Sure. I,
0: I think that now... It just makes more sense to bring in the younger Terrell Edmonds to potentially develop along with, you know, the other young players that you have in that secondary now and also continue to develop his chemistry with Minka Fitzpatrick in that secondary. So as far as, you know... The window isn't, oh, we're trying to get to the playoffs this year and win a couple of playoff games, or even maybe not next year we're trying to get to the playoffs and win a couple of playoff games. That might not happen for another two, three years, which is fine. I know Steelers fans don't like to be patient at all, but that's fine. That's that's probably the best way to go about this. Aren't you kind of wasting two years of Honey Badger? He's 30, he's 31. Mm-hmm. And you kind of waste those years. Then he starts to turn 32 when, you're, when you might be rounding into a contender shape again, and that's a big might. I mean— Just because you're looking like, oh, it's been three years now, where you can make the playoffs, that doesn't mean you're going to win four playoff games and win a Super Bowl.
1: And also, too, by the time that that next quarterback gets here, that contract is up.
0: For Matthew, exactly. And and he's going to be, at that point, 33, you're going to re-sign a 33-year-old? He, it's, it either comes down to he played really well, so he's going to want a lot more money again in this last contract at age 33. Or because he got, or older, he just got he older, he fell doesn't off look off as good, and there's no reason— But he still wants some money because he's badger. But he's
1: also—there's no need to retain him beyond that point if you're the Steelers. And there's no need to pay him if
0: he isn't doing it enough for you. It would certainly be one of the bigger signings in the free agency period. I think wherever Matthew goes is going to end up becoming one of those massive deals that— sure. You Know really shakes the uh, it'll be on first take leading things. Oh, does Matthew help get so and so over the top? I just, if the I know Steelers st- did
1: have the I, next guy already in the locker room, I'd say yes. I'd say if you want to make that move, that's the last hole you have to patch up, patch it up on but the defensive side. Yes, yeah, I'd say it both even sides st- of the Starter ball, wise, yeah, I'd for say sure. both sides. Yeah, I mean, starter, of course, but. We're saying about patch that hole up, but there's still a big patch to be made, and that's at the quarterback position, just because no one expects Mitch Trubisky to be the guy. Exactly. And Unless Mitch does—I mean, the problem is you're not going to say, let's wait a year for Honey Badger—or for Mitch to see what we get out of him, and then if he's great, we'll go pursue Matthew. You can't do that because or he's going to d- get his, gonna his gonna be gone, Or
0: just a player of that same caliber next year, right. which maybe you could do, but— yeah, I, a lot of Steelers fans want this deal to happen. A lot of Steelers fans want them to bring in the honey badger because, well, a the Steelers don't really ever do that in free agency. Like they have been as active as I can ever remember this year. Sure. But like we said, it's not like you know they didn't go out and they didn't get the Von Miller. They didn't go out and they haven't gotten the OBJ. They Jason, ja- and, JC
1: Jackson, yeah, yeah, yeah they
0: was... didn't go out and get the star power names. They made really smart signings with all their money and their their open spots on the roster, and. <laughs> I can get why Steelers fans want this. It's fun. You know, you see other teams sign these players, and you're like, oh, I kind of get a little jealous about that. Like, it's fun. It's a fun part of the offseason when you bring in sure a star. Is. You get out there, get your number 32 or whatever number he'd wear here. Matthew jerseys, they'd be on the store shelves in an instant at Dick's and at the Steelers' And Pro the strip district, like, people would be making those selling custom shirts. Yeah, selling with with like an animated honey badger on right, it in a Steelers course. uniform with a helmet. And I'm like, yeah, he would take the city by storm, but I don't think it's smart. And... I'm one specific person, and you probably might be as well, that is kind of rooting against it from happening. I think there's better avenues to explore. And even though Edmonds is not as good as Matthew is, and maybe won't ever be that good in his career at any point, I think he's the better player right now for what this team needs.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then you can, if you do re sign Terrell Edmonds, he kind of floats around that caliber of play of which he's been at for his entire NFL career by the time hopefully you know we we say all these hypotheticals with the assumption that in 2 to 3 years yeah. the next quarterback is here that's a big yeah, if yeah i mean you got to hit the draft pick right or you got to get
0: the free agent who right. becomes we available we don't like... know
1: if either of those are likely to happen or even flat out possible of happening but if that does happen say best case scenario you do get your quarterback in a short window of time from today then It's a lot easier to say, oh, well, why don't we just re-sign Terrell Edmonds again? You know, he's not going to be super cheap. He got older as well, but he's still younger than the Honey Badger at that point. He'll be well younger than the Honey Badger. And if he played really
0: well and he needs more money, then that's he played really well, so sign him for some more money and have a good player come back on your roster. So, yeah, I think it's, it's almost making too much sense to bring back Edmonds, but the more and more days that pass that both Honey Badger and Edmonds are out there, the more curiouser and curiouser it becomes for Steelers Nation. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Appreciate you always for giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you guys next time.